Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler at 185 pounds? Does this make any sense whatsoever? What's the point? <laughs> We're going to get into this topic and much more. By the way, Happy New Year. We'll be right back after this. UFC Broadcasting live from an undisclosed location. This is the community. MMA with your host, Chris Cross. Yes! Yes! Let's go, baby! Dana White Privilege. Let's go, baby! Baby! Conor McGregor has finally announced his return date and it will be June 29th International Fight Week against Michael Chandler in the middleweight division. You heard that right, 185 pounds. This is wild because Conor McGregor has never uh, fought at this weight class. Michael Chandler ha has basically always uh, had a fight in the lightweight division. I think maybe there's one or two in the welterweight division. I could be wrong on that, but the bottom line is Michael Chandler is not used to going up to 185 pounds, but he holds true to his word, right? He said, I want to face McGregor at his biggest and his best, and he didn't let down in that statement, taking this fight at 185 pounds. We do not know at this time if it's going to be UFC 302 or UFC 303. It just depends if they have uh, two pay-per-views in the month of June, uh, which is very possible. Usually in the first six months, the UFC will have two pay-per-views in one month. Last year was March. This year it could be May. Or June. So I'm expecting this to be UFC 303, but that remains to be seen. So how do these guys stack up? We're going to get into the full uh, fight prediction later, but the bottom line is they're both solid strikers and will be at 185 pounds. McGregor will be huge. Michael, uh, Michael Chandler will be huge, right? These aren't tall guys like six foot, so 185 pounds uh, at 5'10 and below is going to be uh, very interesting to say the least. How does that impact the fight? I don't think it does. I think these are both two guys that are just going to match up uh, well with each other. It doesn't matter if it was at lightweight, welterweight, or middleweight. They're both going to have the same weight opportunity. It's not like McGregor's going up to middleweight to face a middleweight. Uh, he's facing a guy that's relatively his size that will move up in bulk uh, in size just like he does. And both guys got six months to prepare. So expect them uh, to be at their best. Now McGregor lands slightly more uh, significant strikes, but not very much. It's going to be very close in significant strikes. The edge here uh, is Chandler's takedown game. He lands over two takedowns in the course of three rounds. Uh, if, well, not if, but this will be a five-round fight, even though I haven't seen that reported, but it's likely the main event, right? So it's going to be a five-round fight. Chandler is capable of getting three or four takedowns in that span. McGregor, average takedown defense, 66%. So that's a little concerning. You know, if McGre uh, McGregor gets taken down by Chandler, uh, and this becomes like a ground and pound type of situation, which Michael Chandler is certainly capable of doing. He's short, low to the ground. If he can't get the finishing uh, kick like he's done before, or the finishing punches, he'll eventually take McGregor to the ground, and that's where the fight will get interesting. But all in all, what is the point of this fight, right? What is the point? This is This is like going back four or five years ago against Donald Cerrone, when McGregor had already missed two two years at that time, I believe, since the Khabib fight, even if he beats Michael Chandler, which is a stretch, okay? But even if he beats Michael Chandler, what does that really do for him? 
Then he's got to go and wait how long? The UFC will probably make him wait a year because, you know, if you saw the documentary, that's what's going to happen. They're going to wait for the perfect opportunity. They're not looking at McGregor for a title fight unless he wins two in a row here. But they're looking at him uh, to fill the void at some point. And the void right now will be June 29th, right? Because all the UFC star power of current fighters are, are fighting leading up to that. So they're going to be depleted at this point and waiting for guys to take second fights like the winner uh, of the middleweight title, uh, the middle, uh, the winner of other titles like featherweight and things of that nature. Those guys are all going to be off and resting or booking fights uh, later in August, July, September and beyond. So this fight fits perfectly. And McGregor uh, is a guy that's I don't want to say being used by the UFC, but again, they're not looking for a title fight. They're looking for a filler and not only a filler, but a guy that can still uh, sell pay-per-views. And that's what they get with McGregor. And it goes back to the other day when Chael Sonnen was kind of alluding to, does the UFC need McGregor? And of course they need McGregor. I mean, when was the last time they went over a million pay-per-view buys? It happens here and there, but not, not often. And McGregor's got, what, eight of the top 10, nine of the top 10 pay-per-view uh, sales of all time for the UFC. So yeah, the UFC needs this guy. They're going to let him fight, uh, you know, once a year, and they're going to fill him in. And that's the way this thing is going to be. But make no mistake, they're not looking at McGregor for a title fight. Now, they're not going to tell you that because if he goes in there and beats Michael Chandler and then he gets a fight with a top prospect in any division and beats them, okay. Now, all of a sudden, you still get McGregor for a pay-per-view and then potentially a title fight. So there's always that possibility. But with McGregor getting up there in age, what's he going to be? It's he 35, 36 now. You know, the wait, he doesn't have time to wait. Right. This is why you saw him go off a few weeks ago. He doesn't have time to wait. He needs to get in there and get something done right now and start looking towards the next fight. So you remember he beats Donald Cowboy Cerrone uh, after he lost to uh, Floyd Mayweather in boxing. He came back, beat Donald Cerrone in like 40 seconds. Then the UFC made him wait over a year, roughly. Uh, maybe a little shy of that, maybe a little over that, but right around a year before he gets to fight again. And he wanted to fight almost immediately. So the UFC holds back on McGregor, even if he wins, because they're looking for a place to fill him in, right? Where are we going to be weak and where can we drop McGregor in and let him get a bunch of pay-per-view sales, right? We don't want to put him in there with a, someone else who's going to sell or a big title fight or anything like that. We want to put him in there where we have nothing and fill it, fill the slot. And better yet, maybe even get two pay-per-views in the same month. It also gives other fighters time to rest, right? McGregor and Chandler fight, and they can start to regroup for the months after that where all these guys that have won the title or uh, defended the title are getting ready for their second uh, defense or their first defense later in the year because they've already fought at the beginning of the year. So he's, he's like a filler. And... Listen, you're going to be watching. Let's keep it real. I'm going to be watching. But this isn't really a fight where he's going to get ranked in a division or something. Because, you know, it's going to be viewed as the, the same as Hamza was viewed beating Usman. Except Hamza's young and still on the rise. It's hard to rank a guy when you beat a guy from another division. So I'd be a welterweight fighter and I'd get ranked in the middleweight division. Um, even though they're middleweight fights or, you know, I mean, no one should expect if McGregor beats Chandler for him to be ranked in the middleweight I mean, that would be ludicrous. 
So what does this fight really do for McGregor other than uh, sell a bunch of pay-per-views and lets the UFC sell the fact that this guy's back? That's it. Now, you know me. Uh, I'm a diehard McGregor fan. So I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be rooting. I'm going to be hoping he wins and then hope he gets another quick fight uh, within the same year or else he's going to boxing, right? That's the bottom line. You, you had big talks between him and Pacquiao. Now Pacquiao's come out as soon as this fight's announced and saying that he's fighting Mayweather. So it seems like Pacquiao's ready to make some money. He's going to fight Mayweather and then he may fight McGregor after that. And if the UFC wants to keep McGregor, they better get him some fights and they better keep him active. Because seemingly that's what McGregor wants to do. And I, I will say this. I do like the fact that McGregor is going to fight in the middleweight division. Because I think him going down to lightweight uh, is not feasible anymore. Now we both know the welterweight and middleweight divisions are tough. Going to be very tough for McGregor. And maybe he just looked at the welterweight and said forget about it. Let me try the middleweight. But the problem is you got guys like Hamza in there. You got the Sean Strickland's, the Dreykus Duplessis. He's not going to compete with those guys. As much as I like McGregor. But you know, I got to see him at 185 first. But he's going to have to be even bigger than these guys that are taller and stronger than him. For him to even make an impact in that division. So I don't know if this is just a one-off. It probably is. But if McGregor wins, then it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. If he loses, um, look for him to go into boxing and get another payday. That's just what I think is going to happen. Listen, for now, this is your boy Chris Cross. We're going to be back tomorrow with the podcast with more on this topic. But... That's the big announcement today. Yeah, so McGregor is back. And we recorded that yesterday as soon as we found out. No show yesterday. But we're back today for the new year. Happy New Year, everybody, by the way. Welcome to the TC MMA Podcast. I'm Chris Cross. And I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say it's the beginning of the end for McGregor because the beginning right now would be six years ago. Because taking this fight against Chandler is like going back against Cerrone. I mean, it just... It's the same thing. It's a guy out of the division, not ranked in the division. And what does it really do for you? You know, and if he does win, the UFC's got to have a quick turnaround, uh, a fight set up for him. And you heard me go into all that and why. And that's going to be very important. If the UFC wants to keep McGregor, you got to keep him engaged. That's the bottom line. Now, as we jump around to some other topics, you have Josh Thompson uh, of the Weighing In podcast say, I'm not sold on Hamza Chamayev. Everyone's like, yeah, you're crazy, you're being a hater. I'm like, no, I don't care what you guys say. I've been in the fight game for a long, long time. Fighters come, fighters go. They explode onto the scene, and guess what? Then they linger around for a little bit, hoping to get back on track, and some of them never do. And some have a uh, resurgence. And to me, that's just crazy. Uh, to think that Hamza is just going to be here and linger around for a few years. We keep saying, get him a title fight, and let's see how long, he, let's see if he lingers. Yeah, he'll be lingering as the champion. Defending the belt with ease. Then going up or down divisions to get some other belts. So, yeah, he'll be lingering. But it will be for all good reasons. Uh, not the one just explained there. He's going to be lingering as the champion. Please believe it. Now you got Leon Edwards uh, in the news too saying more or less he's fighting at UFC 300. That's what it looks like. 
says, I will defend my belt in April at UFC 300 in Vegas again. Then hopefully in the summertime, get back, uh, get a fight back home in Birmingham at Villa Park. I'm in talks with the UFC, so hopefully we can get it done. And I believe like he was at a soccer game or something when he said this. You know, but at least he's telling the UFC, hey, I want to fight at UFC 300. Now we got to get you, you know, who's a big time opponent in that division? Or will they let Islam go up? Either you let Islam go up or you let Hamza come down. Which would be very hard to do because that's uh, right in the middle of Ramadan. So that will be tough uh, for Hamza, although he might not have any problem losing weight at that time. But he wouldn't be at his strongest. So that's a, that would be a tough fight for him to take. But if Leon Edwards is going to fight at 300, uh, you need some you know, star power in terms of who's going to fight against him. It can't just be another welterweight uh, guy trying to get in there unless it's Shavkat. Then that could be interesting. And a lot of people believe Shavkat and uh, Hamza will end 2024 as the welterweight and middleweight champions. So that's why that's important. Now, as we work our way through here, let's look at 2024, some big fights. And one big one is coming up uh, in the next three months, and that's Yuri Prohaska versus Alexander Rakic. Number two versus number five, light heavyweight. These two guys were the best in the division uh, at this time last year. Oh, go back maybe two months. So about 14 months ago, these two guys were on a path to fight for the title. And uh, due to injury, it never happened. But we're getting it now. It's not for the title. But it's certainly uh, an important fight. Here's the breakdown. In the light heavyweight division at UFC at 300, you got Yuri Prohaska. Coming in at 29 and 4, taking on Alexander Rakic, who comes in at 14 and 3. This was a fight that we expected to see like two years ago. It never happened. Both guys are back. It's a shame it's not for a title. But Rakic, one inch taller at 6'4. Both guys 31. Yuri, two inch reach advantage, 80 to 78. Both guys stand right handed. Now the differences. Yuri has an advantage in activity, in significant strikes, 5.3 per minute. Just four for Rockets, but both guys a little bit above average. In terms of the takedown game, both guys are going to land less uh, than one takedown over the course of three rounds. So don't expect a lot of that in this fight. It's going to be a stand-up striking affair. Now, Yuri, 68% takedown defense, right there about average. He lost to Pereira for the title by KO. Now, he did beat before that a lot of guys, right? Glover Teixeira, Dominic Reyes, Vulcan Oezdemir, uh, to name a few. Right now, he's 3-1 in the UFC. On the other hand, Rakic, again, making the return. 90% takedown defense. Even more of a reason to keep this fight standing. Now, he did get beat in his last fight by uh, Jan Blahovic. Third round KO. Prior to that, he beat Diago Santos by decision and Anthony Smith by decision. So, this fight is pretty simple to me. You know, if it would happen a few years ago, I would have took Yuri Prohaska after the loss to Pereira. I'm definitely taking Yuri Prohaska. This guy is going to bounce back. He needs a win. I don't think he starts sliding yet. This guy's got another three, four, five years. Uh, Rakic will come in a little shaky because he's coming in off the injury. Yuri's already had a fight since his injury, so he's got a big advantage here. And I think he takes care of business and gets to KO sometime in the third round to move to 30 and 4, and it puts him back in championship contention here with the win, in my opinion, light heavyweight division, UFC 300. Yeah, I would have picked Yuri back in the day, and I'll pick him now. Uh, Yuri at least has had one fight uh, 
since his injury. You know, Rockage hasn't. So Yuri's going to be a little bit faster than him. Rockage is going to be tentative. It doesn't mean Rockage can't come back in this fight. But I think Yuri's going to come in and try to put on a show and, and get a quick stoppage. And that could be a, a real possibility uh, for him in this fight. Because, again, Rockage will be tentative, much like Yuri was. And that's a tough fight for Yuri uh, to come back and face Alex Pereira. It's going to be the same situation uh, for Rockage in this fight. So I'll take Yuri in that one uh, because of that. And there's several other good fights coming up, like Gilbert Burns versus Jack De La Maddalena. It's a good opportunity for Maddalena to burst onto the scene. Can he get the job done uh, and jump way up uh, in the rankings and put himself in title contention? In the welterweight division at UFC 299, you got Gilbert Burns, Brazilian, coming in at 22-6. and six. One of the best in the division, taking on JDM, Jack De La Maddalena, who comes in at 16-2. and two. Now, Maddalena is one inch taller at 5'11". He's just 27 years old. Burns, 37. Believe it or not, he's getting up there. Maddalena, two-inch reach advantage, and he's a switch stance fighter where Gilbert Burns fights right-handed. Maddalena lands 7.2 significant strikes per minute. That's ridiculous. 3.4 for Burns. Burns lands more takedowns, though, like one... A little bit better, actually, than one every other round. He's more like two over the course of three rounds, but just shy of that. So let's dig a little bit deeper. Burns, 47% takedown defense. That shouldn't matter too much here. Lost to Bilal. Remember the name, Muhammad, by decision. Got outstruck too, 132 to 81. That's concerning. But he did beat Jorge Masvidal and Neil Magny prior to that. But still, this is going to be a big test for him. Madalena, 82% takedown defense. That will keep the fight standing, hopefully, where he has a big advantage. He beat Kevin Holland by split decision. That's a big win. Even though he trailed Kevin Holland, who's also on this card, and we broke down, uh, you know, broke down this fight too. But Kevin Holland outstruck him 127 to 105. He still got the split decision win. Controversial win. He beat Basile Hafez by split decision. See how close these fights are. Beat Randy Brown by submission and KO Danny Roberts. So... This is going to be a big test for JDM. And quite frankly, it's very hard to make a prediction here because Burns is older but experienced. Jack De La Maddalena is heading right into his prime right about now, but he's kind of, you know, young in his prime. So it's really a crossroads fight, especially in terms of the age and experience. But I think Jack De La Maddalena can win this fight. Although this is one, I'll be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure on this one, but... In picking one, I got to go with Maddalena because the takedown defense is there and Burns will test it. But Burns does have power. Maddalena has speed. Seven significant strikes per minute, that's ridiculous. And guys got to prove that they can withstand that. And Burns is going to have to land takedowns to win this fight. But I think Maddalena stuffs him and he moves to 17-2 and two, in my opinion here. Welterweight division, UFC. Yeah, it's a great fight there. And really, it's just going to be interesting to see how it plays out because I think it's going to be an absolute battle an absolute battle Burns is trying to hold position Madeleine is trying to jump up into a title fight contention and when you get these opportunities you got to take them so expect both guys uh, to really go in there and battle this thing out can't wait to see it and let's just keep it moving because at UFC 300 I oh know we'll stay with 299 I think it is because Curtis Blades and Jailton Almeida uh, are getting ready to go to battle in the heavyweight division. And Jailton's at one of those uh, 
guys, it's highly underrated. And if he gets a win here, it's going to be hard for him to continue to be underrated because he's going to be looking up uh, at the title real quick. Check this out. In the heavyweight division of UFC 299, you got Curtis Blades taking on Jailton Almeida. This is going to be a great fight. Big opportunity for Almeida. Blades has to hold serve in this fight. He's 17-4. Almeida, the Brazilian, on the rise, as you know. He's 20-2. and two. Now, Blades one inch taller. He's got a one-inch reach advantage. Both guys stand right-handed, and they're both 32 years old. So pretty even so far. Blades, 3.6 significant strikes per minute. Almeida, 2.8. But the biggest factor here is the takedown game. And you might be thinking Almeida's got a big advantage here. And he probably does. But Blades actually lands more takedowns than Almeida. 5.9 over the course of three rounds. Almeida sitting at 5.1 over the course of three rounds. Both guys nearly two takedowns per round on average. Now, when you look at Blades' fights, he doesn't get a lot of takedowns in every fight. A lot of fights, he doesn't get any. He hasn't had a takedown in the past three fights. And that's because they're all quick fights. He lost to Sergei Pavlovich by KO in the first. He beat Tom Aspinall by KO in quick fashion, like 15 seconds. Uh, he also beat Chris Dawkins by KO in the second round and beat Rosenstruck, uh by decision. So he's 3-1 and one in the last four, but lost uh, in his last fight against a good fighter. So interesting fight for Almeida because Blades is the top, you know, He's one of the top dogs in the division. He beats everybody he's supposed to, even beating the interim champion in Tom Aspinall. Now, when you look at Almeida, he's beaten everybody, right? He's beaten Derek Lewis by decision. He submitted Rosenstrike. Uh, he beat Shamil Abdurakimov by KO. He submitted Anton Turkal. But we really don't know what to expect in this fight because we know Almeida's good, but now he's really getting into the nitty-gritty of the division. And... You know, I think a lot of people would like to see this guy keep winning and face John Jones one day because that would be the ultimate test and especially the takedown defense of John Jones with the takedown ability with Almeida. But first, he's got to get past Curtis Blades. Will he do so? Yes, I think he will. Now, Curtis Blades can land takedowns, but he has a 33% takedown defense. That's going to be a problem. And, you know, even though Blades can go to the ground, Almeida is much better and more experienced on the ground than almost anyone in the heavyweight division by far. And that's why I like him to win this fight and keep winning, to be honest with you. He's creeping into our do list top 20, especially if he wins this one. Uh, if he does win this one, in my opinion, I think he will. He'll move to 21-2 and two here in the heavyweight division at UFC. Two. Yeah, and I think this is a guy really to keep an eye on this year, Jailton Almeida. You know, you got Jailton Almeida, you got Hamza, you got Shavkat. These are guys that could uh, potentially steal the belt. You know, now it's tougher in the heavyweight because John Jones is going to take his sweet time fighting. And then if he does win and he doesn't retire, you're looking at another year before, you know, so maybe not Almeida because of just a timing factor. But I don't see this guy losing anytime soon. That's just what I think is going to happen. Now, as we jump into uh, the Q&A at Machine and the Monkey says, uh, nice take on the fight, mate. No BS, just straight up. I'm Aussie, so you know I'm back in Jack, but I love Dorino because he will take any fight. Cheers and Happy New Year. Yes, sir. Happy New Year to you, too. And I'm kind of feeling the same way about that fight. I just think JDM is going to get the job done. Madalena has to win this fight to keep moving up. And But Burns is a tough contender, man. That's a tough out, as you saw with Hamza. That's a tough fight. 
at Nikki the Fist uh, says, smash what? Hamza has had four fights in the last three years. Boring. And his next fight is like in April. Yeah, it's not even booked yet. That's the crazy part. I hear you. I, I get it. But the more you see him, the more you're going to come back. At uh, Cappy Talk, something like that, UFC does not. Connor is played out. At Shogun, no, no sport needs one athlete. Yeah, I think they need McGregor, man. That's why he's fighting at 185, and it makes no sense at all. Does nothing. If you think about the sport, every fight should have something to do with the title. Either you're trying to move up or trying to move down. You're fighting in your weight class. They're fighting at a weight class at 185, which does nothing for either fighter should they win. And the UFC still doing it because they need McGregor. I don't care what anyone says. He's going to come in and probably have more pay-per-view sales than any fight since his last fight. You'll see. Today, learn something. Says nobody cares about Connor. He hasn't won a fight in a long time. He got destroyed in his last two fights and has been on uh, all different types of stuff. There's no way Connor beats anyone relevant from 145 to 170. What about 185? Yeah, but I feel what you're saying. At Tyrone, says Alex Padetta, three title fights. Out of seven fights in UFC, that would be the four champ out uh, out of U, uh, eight UFC fights. Yuri uh, has two title fights out of four fights. Hamza has zero title fights and seven fights. Is there any justice here? Yeah, I hear you, man. I, I feel the same way. You know, it's like they just want to take their sweet time with Hamza. At King Ernest, says Alex will be the first UFC triple champ. It's very possible. Uh, another one weighs in. On, you know, Chell Sonnen on Bo Nickel versus Cody Brundage. The guy stepped in on short notice because nobody wants to fight Bo. Well, it's not really short because it's like three, four months away. Bo did his job. Can't be mad at him. I feel you. I feel you. Bo's going to dominate that fight. On Ian Gary, we need to go back to when KO's was KO. It shouldn't be a KO if he's not, um, you know, totally finished is what he's saying. And uh, I hear you. And it does get tricky whether it's a KO or TKO nowadays because it looks like a KO, but yeah, it's very tricky. But Nick will be his uh, biggest test in terms of Hamza. That's coming later on for sure. That's coming in like three years, you know, and that's the way the Q&A finishes out. So a lot of topics really to discuss. I mean, you got four pay-per-views kind of being set in motion. Then you got Connor. June 29th, International Fight Week. Is that UFC 302 or 303? That's to be determined. But a lot of things already being set up for the uh, for the first six months of 2024. And that's why it was important for us to get on here today and kick off the new year the right way. Because there's a lot coming this year. And we're going to be here every step of the way to break it down. But for now, this is your boy Chris Cross. Hope you have a great day. Happy New Year once again. And you know, uh, we'll be back in short order. For now, have a great day and God bless. As always, peace.